It's the Opix Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock it iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opix, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping. Welcome, fellow Uplanders, to another exciting episode of the UPX Podcast. I am your host, Too Stupid to Win, and I'm joined by Thank Me Later. How you doing on this wonderful December evening? Beautiful December evening. I can't believe it's already December. That's so crazy. Um, in two weeks, it will be our six-month anniversary of the Upex podcast. Oh, I didn't get you anything. I didn't get you anything either. I spent all my money in New York before it became relevant. <laughs> uh, I know that's right. <laughs> um. We do got an exciting show for everyone today. Uh, This is December 3rd, 2020. If you're tuning in, uh, we have Block Unchained with us to talk about the sandbox wars. Uh, The article is just released on Medium. And we have the typical numbers and fantasy football update. And T. Davis joining us with the New York Minute as always. Uh, And we'll get right into it and go with what is Upland? If you were to find us through a podcast and you weren't uh, an Upland player and you were found us on Spotify or iTunes and you were wondering what this podcast is about and what is Upland, Block Unchained is going to tell us what is Upland. Hey, everybody. Uh, the definition of Upland that I present always depends on who I'm talking to and what they know. But the most grand claim I like to make about what Upland really is about is Upland is an early stage cross-platform metaverse that is on a path to becoming the largest and most dynamic economy of NFTs in the world. Whoa. Damn. That's good. I'm a little hard. (laughs) It's it's PG-13. We're still good. PG-13. You're good. I mean... That that might be better than he done. Yeah, that was good. That, that, that gave me chills. That's going in the sound bank. Man. That is going in the sound bank, and we'll definitely that's have that. The, what are you talking about? That's going in the spank bank. <laughs> to each their own, I guess. <laughs> all that all that property buying is sublimation. I, I know. You, you get excited to thank me later. I appreciate it. It keeps me motivated. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, for the disclaimer, uh, definitely need that after that intro. Yeah, yeah let's go disclaimer this. <laughs> uh, Upland Me Incorporated does not uh, sponsor or endorse the UPX podcast. All the thoughts and opinions on the show are myself, thank me later, any guest, and T. Davis. And our intentions are not to offend or upset any individual from any race, creed, or color. This is a PG-13 podcast where we have a little fun and keep you updated with what is going on in the metaverse of Upland and giving you some different ideas of how to attack the game from a strategy point, a property point, and so forth. So the exciting news uh, on this day is the neighborhood wars. Um, we'll do our numbers really quick and then we'll jump right into the neighborhood wars and the numbers this week um pretty exciting uh first yeah, we, we didn't uh, we usually pre-game with the numbers we were so excited to get into this you yeah. got them oh yeah i got them um i did get those numbers and then also this was the first week 
that Upland had 5,000 daily active users. Uh, did send a tweet out about that. Upland did send a tweet out about that. And also... That's pretty cool. Yeah. So if you're on dapradar.com under the games, uh, last 24 hours, we did kind of fall off 3.72K. Uh, well, no, and what they were saying, that was like places like Dap Radar, which is an interesting point. If somebody logs in, but they don't do any transactions that trigger the chain, then it won't register for Dap Radar, which I think is an interesting perspective. So like if I just like log in, look around, like I, I don't collect my UPEX interest or buyer trade a property, but I imagine even a, even a move. But if I move to my own property, like if I just jump around my own property, that's not a, no, that wouldn't trigger it. It would have to trigger the authentication. Right. Huh? Yeah. So there's uh, again, so they have a little bit, probably different numbers than, Anyway. Well, actually, they did use a DAP radar. It was uh, 5K recorded on DAP radar. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's good enough. Yeah. And uh, seven day, Uplands number one at 9.95K, followed up by Axie Infinity and Splinterlands. Nice. And uh, if you're interested in Splinterlands, Ryan 600 is actually playing. He just uh, got a big, uh, big chunk of property in their pre sale. Really? Yes. I Splinterlands was a card game. I have no idea. Hit up Ryan 600. Ryan 600. I'm Ryan. Check your DMs. I'm sliding into them. <laughs> He's sliding <laughs> into your DMs. Sliding into those DMs. Hey, look at that. We're we're making ways up against those uh, game apps that are out there on the 30-day average. Upland broke into number five at uh, 12,000. Wow. That's nice. huge. I mean, up almost 18%. Yeah. So that's a big bump. It is. Gaining some traction. So that's exciting there. But yeah, hit up Ryan there. You know that the other thing I was just thinking, it's December 3rd. You know that closed beta ended December 5th of 2019. So open beta is almost one year old. Oh, wow. Nice. Did not think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Now onto the... yeah, no, no, go so ahead. that means all the people that have the crown um, badge, the founder badge, have been playing for at least a year. That's correct. Yeah, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Went by pretty fast. No treasure hunts, no block explorers, all kinds of interesting <laughs> stuff. Imagine. Not all the properties were unlocked. Not even, I don't even think they had a thousand on the, I don't know. It was, oh yeah, they did, but still. Way different in a year. And just imagine what next year will bring you. Oh my gosh. Can't even wait. So net worth. Landlord continue landlord continues to move up. Uh dropped about another uh six million. Five, six? Yeah, almost six million up X this week. Uh there was a little change there. You passed Kent for third place. Uh, TM moved up two spots. Landlord moved up three. Wicked Bomber moved up two. Wicked Bomber, uh, yeah. Dizzy broke 70. Yeah, Dizzy broke 70. This Ugh, that's <laughs> disgusting. That's kind of disgusting, honestly. 
And Noyce is still sitting at uh, 52.5 million up X. Uh, this week we only had one new executive. BH0405. Yeah, congratulations. And How uh, far did they jump? What were they, what were they last week? Like how, so I'm going to imagine a lot of this movement is from uh, the Black Friday stuff. Yeah, yeah. Didn't move positions from last week, uh, so oh, that's funny. oh yeah, he was at nine million nine hundred ninety. <laughs> he he was almost right there, but still, congratulations getting that executive. Oh, did we lose an executive? No. Well, you we can't be at the same level, and we had to have lost an executive. Why? He didn't move at all. He just got some interest. 40 oh i see i see never mind never mind yeah i can do maths <laughs> numbers yeah. and uh seven new directors this week not bad there kcbc bit of b dag hey congratulations B-dag. there b dag what up b dag uh up 741 land that's a kind of fun name. I like that. I like up seven forty one land. I wonder if that's like their area code. Could be. What what area code is seven four one? Anyone Ooh, know? Need the chat. You got some of those nerds. Let's see. And uh someone put it in chat if you Google it. And then uh Jojo Gahead. Jujugahead. Jojugahead. Jujugahead. I don't know. That's a cool name. Nitrous seven eighty nine and Ace K thirty one oh three Ace K. Congratulations to the new directors there. Um and then we stroll down the top one hundred of our net worth and uh see what usually jumps out. MG jumped up nine spots. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um Ooh. yeah. Check uh one, two, three, one, five, four. Yeah, jumped up 39 spots. Like, you know that this is a new game. Like, you don't have to, like, you probably could have just got check, right? <laughs> like, this isn't this isn't Gmail. You don't have to add a bunch of numbers. Oh, look at T. Davis. Coming in at number 74. Is that legit, T. Davis, or is that... Uh, that seems like some shenanigans. Or is that shenanigans going on? T. Davis, you got some shenanigans. It's legit. Check my profile. All right. All right. We'll cool. You. Congratulations. Oh, you weren't in the top. He wasn't in the top. All right. Black Friday. I hear you. Got it. Uh, Rosen. T- Rosen. Rose. Rosetient. Tient. Yeah. Rosetient. Congratulations on 86th place with uh, your 4.9 million UPEX. KCBC in at 87, new to the list. And, uh, yeah. To crack the top 100, you need 4.5 million. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. And on the properties. Shut up. <laughs> really? T-T-M. T-M, my man. <laughs> I 
PG-13. You effing psychopath. Added another 1,100 properties oh this God. week to take over the top spot. Jesus. <laughs> Two players over 3,000 oh, properties now? What That's a, insanity. Wow. What's wrong with people? And Eric P. Martin's chugging the ride along, about to hit 2,500 properties. So TM's got... 3,850 properties, 150 away from uh, cracking 4,000 properties. Blue by Dizzy at his 3,153. Jesus. Um, we do have 12 new players this week that went over 100 properties. TM, what is TM? What did he, what was his big buy this week? He's in Fresno buying up um, Kakawa. Oh, okay. Kakawa? Yeah. Kalwa. 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 California Wine Association or something? Yeah. Uh, MJC3337 jumped up 20 spots, 797 properties, and number 15th. Bloodless jumped up 24 spots. Luke One jumped up 14 spots. B Jammer Boy, new to the list, 235 properties, number 71. Uh, KCBC with 227 properties in 75th place. Mr. Durkin. We really need this broken out by city because now it's driving me insane because I'm curious now what this looks like by city. Yeah. First, uh, so this data is provided by dailyuplander.com. Uh, that's a mixed click and... MG, uh, they provide the data every week to my boy MG. Oh, you can't see it on the podcast. I'm drinking from a pickle Rick cup, <laughs> and uh, and then OpEx World's another great site to get information. Between uh, one of those two, can somebody give us breakdowns by cities? First come, first serve. Get your name. Oh, challenge to the gauntlets thrown down. Damn. Yeah. Uh, New players right there cracking the top 100. We got Darkside, Marmas, Messi, Landlord, Drew Draculist, and uh, 03G. I like that. That's a cool name. 03G. It reminds me of uh, Zero Cool. Any uh, Anybody? The movie Hackers? Oh, Angelina Jolie's best pick. Wow, that's been a while since I've seen that. Oh classic yeah absolute classic and if you want to crack the top 100 you need 172 properties to do that uh last week it was 162 so it goes up each and every week uh eh0405 is at 171 and upx host is at 171 so trying to fell off he's at 167 he's getting pretty close Oh. Get it together, Choina. I know you listen. Get it together. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what is wrong with people? I'm, oh. done. I'm done with this nonsense. <laughs> so, so not only pushing, pushing almost 4,000 properties, TM also bought up some big properties i guess there in the california wine district or whatever the case may be uh he shot up into first place and overall up squares with 3055 
or three hundred and fifty-five. Yeah, three hundred and fifty-five thousand. Thank you, up square. I'm, I'm just still blown away. It's it's a staggering number. I mean, he added one hundred and sixty-five thousand up squares in this past week. <laughs> it's silly. It's <laughs> no, yet again. I want to split out by city because no. No, Todd, he's not a baller. He went and bought a bunch of cheap, shitty pro- <laughs> He bought a bunch of crackhead properties in Fresno. Does not count. <laughs> Do not hashtag baller him. <laughs> not, now you're going to start something. You, no, you can't do that. Now everybody's going to do it. Baller everywhere. <laughs> I, so now... So you went from the slums in New York, attacking Disney with the slums in New York, and now you're telling TM that he's buying crackhead places in Fresno. Hey, if it's not San Francisco, it's garbage. San you Francisco first, is garbage. Podcast. Garbage. Gar- there's poo all over San Francisco. <laughs> and not just me. Yeah. Truffle poo. Delicious, <laughs> delicious truffle poo. No, it's all over the sidewalks. YouTube that stuff. It's oh, some no. gross actual san francisco burn that city to the ground no one needs it it's full of nonsense i hate i hate the real life city yeah but to be fair i also hate new york and fresno is probably garbage have you googled earth that i googled earth like three times and it was mostly just trailer parks i was like what is this trailer parks trailer parks one was like a a a scrap yard but like four scrap yards nice oh yeah mjc3337 is new to the list of up squares coming in at number 11 with 100,000 up squares so nice job there congratulations brian brian's got a fun story of his uncle playing grand theft auto in fresno that sounds like fun <laughs> i i mean you weren't far off calling it a crack place so I mean, I call him like I see him. Yeah, Mick said he had to run the numbers twice just to make sure TM's numbers were accurate. I mean, I do appreciate the scale at which he is, um, you know, kind of pursuing these neighborhood deals. Uh, I think it's I think it's strategically really smart. Um, he's also started some initiatives to help people um, get kind of like blocks. So if you buy a bunch of properties, I know he's talking about helping like trade and, and get people so that they have like complete blocks and chunks of land. I think that that's really smart. It gets people invested in the area and they're more likely, I feel like they're more likely to develop, um, you know, on that kind of property. Plus now that we're seeing with like the way some of these competitions and things work, um, that could be a strategic element too. So, yeah, and that guarantees you're not going to have some old deadbeat properties of nobody doing nothing with their trailer park slum going on. Yeah, I'm. I hope that. I mean, so far, and I guess are we done with numbers? Can we transition to the thing that everyone wants to really talk about? Yeah, we can. We can finish off the numbers and uh, transition into it. So, what everybody does want to talk about here is the neighborhood wars. AKA Spud Wars. Spud Wars. Oh my gosh. So. 
And, and with that, before we get in, you and I rolling on that, let's uh, bring in our bring in our guest, Block Unchained. Uh, yeah, you look for yeah. some. I mean, we mostly invited him so we could harass him and hopefully get more information about this event. Like, let's be honest. Well, I, I, I mean, yeah, I love a that. Lot of my life in in the community is just accepting that. Uh, you know, there's a certain amount of harassment for details. That's just uh, going to be a nice. part of my interactions. You know, people say, "Hey, Block Unchained, you're looking great today," and then pull me for information. That's just part of the game now. Oh, I didn't know we had to lube you up first. I'll remember that next time. You know, I think it's safe for everyone else. Everyone leaves the situation happier. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Nice. So, the Sandbox Wars. What can you tell us about that? There, Block. So, you know, I, there's a couple of things uh, that are probably pretty obvious at this point to draw your attention to. One is that this is really a giant beta test for property development. It's meant to get the players familiar with the system, um, to make sure that everything is working really smoothly, uh, to ensure that players understand the concepts that are involved in property development so they can strategize more deeply. Um, because, you know, w- once it's live, um, if you have property and you have SPUD, then your skin in the game is live, right? And if you're if you're not moving, then you're losing it essentially. Um, so you know we're really excited about the idea of getting players to think within the uh, framework of property development. And then obviously the cherry on top is the fact that there's all these mini events that are being produced, right? And they're very different than anything that we've done before. Um, very different than treasure hunts. Very different than any of the competitions that we've developed before. Um, the gaming mechanisms are of a completely different style. Um, and just because they're new, you know, it d- doesn't mean they're, they're simple. Uh, some of the mechan- mechanisms look simple up front, just in terms of you build property, you get points, you build trailers, you, su- you subtract points. But when you scope out and think about all the neighborhoods, um, all the different places that people have properties and all the different ways that you can kind of strategize, collaborate and sabotage each other, I, it is a massive game, and I think players are going to want to start strategizing, like, immediately. So I, I guess those are the high-level things that I really want to bring attention to, and then, you know, uh, I'm here and uh, don't answer some questions. And this is, uh, there's going to be two parts to this, and it's going to be a two-week competition, or it will be in two competitions in two weeks. So the first... Well, no, 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 there's... Sorry, not sorry to cut you off there. I think the tournament is the tournament is two competitions over two weeks, and then Armageddon. Correct. Is that correct? So it's two weeks of tournament, and then so it's two competitions: the tournament and then Armageddon. But the tournament competition is two weeks long, and then Armageddon. That's correct. Right. Yeah. And, and originally, you know, I, I know for a tournament, only having two rounds seems kind of small. We wanted to make sure that we didn't overcommit up front and lock people in when we know that we might be able to make improvements after running a couple rounds. So, you know, we, these are the events that we have planned so far. Um, between the ending of these events and the launching of the actual property development feature, we might have more events. And it's very likely that if we do, we're going to. Ch- change the mechanisms, right? Look at what's working, what we can tweak, what we can make more interesting, and then, uh, you know, improve the final uh, challenges that come out of that. So again, that's not a guarantee, but it's something that we wanted to leave ourselves open to, which is why we only plan two rounds to the tournament. Yeah, that's fair. So 
I mean, with this, I mean, I love the the idea of neighborhood competitions. Now, I guess there'll probably be other competitions in the future because one thing I was thinking is once it's live and people have already built, how will you run tournaments or like what what else can we expect to see as far as um, competitions for the neighborhoods where, you know, once the neighborhood's already completely built out, what else is there to compete on um, in the property development space? Yeah, so I, I, it's kind of a tricky question because on, on the one hand, you know, we're talking about a sandbox, right? So everything is isolated. This is like almost like a simulated reality for property development. And so are, are you asking about like the, the sandbox itself? Because the properties yeah. there are reset after every challenge. So th- this is all oh. temporary. Right? Oh, so, so, so that's actually a good thing. So it'll be reset after each challenge. So like at the end of the tournament, it'll be reset and maybe, oh, yeah. After each event. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's in the article. So my understanding Um, is round one, it will be 10 neighborhoods competing. Top three move on to round two, and then everybody's wiped clean, and then those three go again. So now I know you can't probably tell us what the 10 neighborhoods are, um, but are the 10 neighborhoods already selected? Like, do you already have your list of 10? We do have a list of 10 right now. Yes, we're actually, so we, we looked through a couple different selection methods to figure out what would just have the, the best outcome for the community in terms of getting a d- dynamic number of players um, with kind of different personalities and different levels of stake all involved. Um, but we want to have it, uh, the method be mechanistically set, right? So we're not showing favoritism. So we will be releasing that next week, but not yet, because again, um, you know, there are certain details we want to leave out in order to prevent uh, too much early stage strategizing and alliance building. Gotcha. Now, the champions, I, I really I can't tell you how much I love the idea of these neighborhood champions because I think it mirrors so much of what we're seeing in the community. And I hope, you know, I, I don't know how long the champions concept has been in the pipeline, but hopefully seeing that we have. Um, these kind of champions who have neighborhoods. I mean, TM is a great example of that uh, with VV and um, Nitrin and Dogpatch and et cetera, et cetera. Ginger and um, Z Hidalgo. They where have, are they at? They switch they, every. They have a they, couple they, of different places. I don't know which one to hunk. Uh, I'll be curious because, you know, Junjun won the the kind of the, the wild card, right? So is it going to be University Mound? I know that they're interested there. Um so and that's going to be interesting to see like that. Um, but I, I really like that concept. Now, the point, next point is it's locked in. So that's really cool. If you're the champion of a neighborhood, you can't use your spud to productively build anywhere else. You can use it destructively to build trailers elsewhere. Um, my question is beyond the three. So presumably all 10 neighborhoods will have a champion, presumably that's correct um now is that an optional status so let's say um you know you've picked a criteria you have somebody in mind you go hey you're going to be the champion of this neighborhood what if they're like i don't want to be the champion of this neighborhood i'm i was planning on building somewhere else um is that an optional status or is it just you're locked in it will be an optional status. We will go down the list of the top candidates we have based on the criteria that we've selected, uh-huh. and they will get to choose whether or not they want to opt in as a champion. Very cool. Okay. No neighborhood vote? No, not this time. I mean, you know, that is something we might have in the future, though. I think that would be really interesting 
You'd have to base, a lot of different, yeah, yeah. A lot of ways we could do that. We can make it proportional, you know, to the number of properties in the neighborhood. There's a lot of cool stuff that we can do there. And again, that's one of the interesting things about this whole mechanism, right? It's like it's a beta test for a much more permanent, more serious, and more robust feature that'll that'll be expanded indefinitely with property development. But at the same time, it's something that we can, you know, we can see how people are interacting with this concept and we can use it, you know, before we all launch property development like NYC, for example, right? Again, not something that we're committing to, but we'll look at how users interact with this concept, you know, if it's generating enough traction, if there's enough excitement, um, if we can get the game mechanics really uh, working well enough so that there's deep engagement, then we'll look into investing further in this feature as well. Yeah, that's interesting. So now with Spark, there was um, two, at least two pools. There was essentially like the player pool of Spark and then a community pool of Spark, which could be leased um, out. Is Spud um, going to have a a lease option? I saw there was no, essentially you're not going to be able to spend UpX to accelerate, um, which is interesting that that also implies that at some point you will be able to. In the Armageddon mode, you'll be able to spend UpX to increase your development with your spud. Yeah, which is interesting on how that works. But So is there going to be a community spud pool? or? Uh, so it, it's going to operate a little bit differently. Um, we don't have the details re- like organized and ready to announce exactly on that yet because we're still working out kind of the allocation math a little bit and what the right proportion will be when players uh, are allowed to sp- play for Spud in Armageddon mode. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, I think it'll be interesting, like any sort of mechanic, like a lease mechanic on, um, and I've seen different games do it where it's like a community pool. And so let's say the, the first Spud or first whatever, you can lease it for, you know, a thousand upbacks a day. And then it goes up incrementally, um, you know, like a hundred upbacks per, but then um, if nobody buys under a certain time, it starts to, to like decrease okay. in price. So that way, like you have your increase of if it, if the demand is huge, um, your cost per whatever cost per resource goes up, and then once the demand decreases, like it, it helps balance it out. So I'm curious. I'll be curious how like that is implemented, as far as like a community pool and a, and a leasing uh, process for Spark and Spud, or maybe that's just a Spark thing. Yeah, I wish I could provide you with more details on that because that, that is a really interesting component. component. It's a, a way to kind of uh, create a curve to the impact of spending um, and the advantage that, that can give you. So and I don't quite have the details on that yet, but uh, you know, as soon as I have them, I'll let you know. Now, yeah. Here's, the interest, here's a question. It says, while teams will technically be organized around neighborhoods as the neighborhood itself will win the prize, Players are free to associate with any neighborhood they would like at any time during the competition. So you can be a free agent, a secret agent, and all that, but do you have to own property in the neighborhoods to help for the competition? Yeah, because you can only build on your own property, that's just kind of de facto the case, right? But just because you own a majority of your properties in one neighborhood doesn't mean you need to back that neighborhood, right? You could back another neighborhood for any number of reasons, um, including speculation, right? You could want to build more in that neighborhood in the future or even during the competition, right? You could do a bunch of minting in a neighborhood during the competition just to build things. Um, so, you know, th- that'll make things pretty interesting. And now, 
Go uh, ahead. Thank uh, you. Sorry, on that. Now, I th- there was some speculation on whether or not you could um, essentially help others out by minting, by, by staking um, spud onto their property. Is that a thing or did we all just hallucinate that? <laughs> right. So I understand what that was coming from that's a feature that will be it probably won't be at launch um, but you will be able to stake spark into other players projects and uh, help them complete it faster that will not be a part of the initial uh, sandbox wars okay so well it's interesting because under the neighborhood champion so maybe this maybe i just misinterpreted this line in addition they uh, so this is under neighborhood champs in addition they'll be able to allocate additional spud to several other players so am i correct then saying if you're a neighborhood champ you will get a pool of spud that you can then divvy out is that so an there, there additional be, feature? Uh, so, yeah, very similar to that. Um, it won't quite be a pool, but there will be a number of players that a neighborhood champion will be able to allocate a bonus to, right? So the neighborhood champion themselves, they get a 2x bonus from what would otherwise be their spud allocation, right, based on their status and, and possibly a number of other variables that will come into play as modifiers. So they'll get a bonus, and they can, in addition to that, uh, give a bonus to several other players, Right. The, the amount that that bonus will contain, the multiplier, and the number of players they can give the bonus to is not something we're uh, releasing yet. Okay. Now, could a player receive multiple bonuses? So if you've made friends with several champions, is it possible to stack those rewards? Oh, that would be interesting. No, we're, we're not going to uh, allow that this time around, but that might be an interesting thing to introduce in the future. You could really... Uh, little finger your way around upland and become a more than a junior champ, super junior champ. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I would <laughs> plead the fifth. I mean, cause there's something to be said. I mean, like if there's a player that gets an enormous amount of spud, maybe not an enormous amount. Cause I, I don't know what the variation would be um, say uh, between the highest um, spud allocation and the average. Right. Um, but it would be interesting to see if you were a high, if you got a high base number to then go, Hey, you know, 20% bonus is X. Like I'll make sure that at least half of that's, uh, um, I'll make sure that at least half of that goes to your neighborhood, et cetera. You could, you could earn, you could build up a, a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting. Again, something, something for the list of uh, possible future features. Yeah, I like I like that little finger analogy. That, that was good. Yeah. Uh, we got a TM on the line here, um, and he's going to hop on real quick and ask you a question. Sounds good. Hey, first of all, thank you for uh, giving me the time, TML. I appreciate it. Um, the first question is, uh, like during the Spud competition, I think it's going to be important to develop players and uh, how they're going to interact with the platform. Um, let's say you have the opportunity to gift property to people who contribute SPUD to your project. Would that be an option? I think that would be an excellent option because it would uh, increase competition and competition always makes people try harder. And, uh, that's the whole purpose of your competitions. You get more network traffic when you do that. So I was like, what if, uh, the person that contributed the most SPUD to, I don't know, say Viz Valley, you've got a really nice little piece of property for doing so. 
uh, on top of whatever the ecosystem provided. <clears throat> Not only w- would that also assist the ecosystem's uh, development of its own little, uh, you know, you know, test run, but it would also encourage uh, community development and communication between individual players. So, so that's interesting. Um, I, I want to make sure I understand the question because there are kind of two ways that I interpreted that. One is the idea that Upland would be um, incentivizing players to allocate spud in a neighborhood and, and could create uh, properties as prizes. And uh, another interpretation is that uh, players that are kind of in a leadership role in a neighborhood, you know, even whether or not they're a leader uh, neighborhood champion, um, they can incentivize players to focus their spud um, in that neighborhood, right? If they have, let's say, properties scattered across three of the competing neighborhoods, you would want to incentivize them by giving them a very inexpensive property. Is that the idea? No, it, w- it would be a nice property. I mean, it wouldn't be a... <laughs> oh, right. It could be a nice property, but they, they would give it to them. They would essentially yeah, sell it to good. them, right, at, at a very low cost. The bribes are already starting. That's very, yeah. Kent, that's very Kent of you. I mean, I mean, I would, I would like it to be complimentary. You know, I mean... Maybe a ten or twenty thousand uh, dollar UPX property, something like that. But just to just to encourage, because I want all my guys that are involved with my properties to engage with this. And not only is it going to help Upland, it's also going to help what we're trying to do. You know, I mean, I only want builders in my neighborhood. So if everybody is incentivized to participate at some certain level, uh, maybe one, two, and three. Uh, assuming that there's a great participation, then not only do you get more people involved in the project uh, at this level, but you also have incentivization, which causes people to benefit from it personally. Yeah. So, I, I would say that's probably going to fall. And I don't want to speak for, for block and chain, but that sounds like that would fall on the champions. Cause I don't see upland. There's no necessary benefit to upland for those transactions. So there's a massive upside to the champions though. Like you said, uh, TM, if it's your neighborhood, you won it built. So offering incentives that say, Hey, if you build uh, for every five points worth of property you build, you'll get something right. Or, well, or however that works. Yeah, and, and here's my counterpunch to that is, uh, <clears throat> let's say I said, uh, TML, could you, uh, you know, plow the snow out of my driveway for free? Well, Maybe, maybe not. Um, but let's say I incentivize you to do so. Uh, you know, you and more people would want to do that because there's an incentive to do so. So the testing ground of actually implementing uh, SPUD and uh, testing it would get more participants because of the incentive factor. You know, a little bit more so than it's already given. So. Yeah, I think that's probably the idea of the Armageddon, though, right? So as opposed to the neighborhood. Because, like... It doesn't matter to Upland if you test it in VV or Dogpatch or Alamo Square or random. It doesn't matter to them as long as you're testing it. Yeah, and the, in the, neighborhood, the neighborhood champs care. Yeah, the neighborhood champs, let's say they chose VV for one of them, then the incentivization would encourage more people in that community to participate in the, in the SPUD. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. A, lar- a larger sample size. I'll, I'll get off. I think I wasted you. Enough of your time. <laughs> oh, you didn't waste our time. TM, the numbers you put up this week, you get you get some air time. That's how that works. Exactly. Now, say a community like Mint Hill. It's, it's a smaller neighborhood, 
And since we're already talking about BV, BV is a larger neighborhood. Are these neighborhood are these ten neighborhoods being picked because they're pretty close in size and properties in the neighborhoods, or are there going to be some size disadvantages where you're going to have to use strategy on this? There is definitely going to inevitably be size disadvantages. That's just it's it's impossible to have perfect competition between neighborhoods, you know. So you know, it's really tricky to figure out what exactly is an advantage, right? You can certainly say like just the number of properties, but are you going to have enough spud to build on all those properties in the first place, right? So um, the positioning of properties, um, the distribution of ownership um, amongst properties, especially groupings of properties will really come into play as a strategy. Like some neighborhoods could be almost like strongholds where other neighborhoods might be minefields, right? Depending on the ownership distribution, so all of these factors will come into play. And, um, you know, to be honest, again, we're trying not to show too much bias in the criteria we use to select the neighborhoods. Um, but again, more information coming out on that one next week. And obviously you can't tell us for sure, but like I'm going to hope, really, really hope that, you know, the the input and like you see the content that's being created there, you see the activity in some of the neighborhood chat channels on the fan server. Like you guys have access to all that. So Mm -hmm. I'm really hoping that those are taken into consideration. I'll be shocked if our kind of fan favorite neighborhoods don't make the top 10, but I just really hope, cause like that'll be really disappointing. There's at least three neighborhoods that I know that if they're not in there, I will be shocked and kind of disappointed. So no pressure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the last thing I want to do is shock and disappoint you. The combination of those feelings just uh, it's, it's not a good look, but you know, we're going to try to do our best to find a fair, fair criteria. Again, it's, it's, it's already been selected, but we might need to tweak it a little bit. Um, and it, it's tricky because you know, we would love to just open it up and make everybody happy and have all the neighborhoods, but that, that's kind of what Armageddon is going to get into. Um, and again, we might run different variations on these challenges in the future, and there will 100% be opportunities for neighborhoods to um, collaborate in competitions and improve their, you know, property development score and things like that once those, you know, scores exist. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, the sizing is, I mean, obviously a, a neighborhood like VV um, is huge. Well, and it's primarily owned by a single player. So, like, again, you, you look at something like that as, like, well, how much of an advantage is that really? Because TM can only develop so much. Now, granted, he's got a really good game plan of, like, hey, I'll give you a, I'll give you a starter property if you come, if you guarantee to be a builder here kind of thing. Um, which is genius exactly um, from, from that like that's a that's a definitely but then like an alamo square and even like dog patch i feel like the people who own properties there are so loyal that some of the other neighborhoods where it's like hit or miss you could have because like i just can't imagine like well i don't want to say that i don't want to jinx and be like yeah no one's going to build a trailer in alamo square but <laughs> You never know, like somebody gets an itch. I go, there's some protected neighborhoods that I feel like are super loyal. And then there's others that are like mixed on like, "Mm, you know, I got a couple dog patch. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Nisha in this week. You know, who's he, you know, how's he doing in the fantasy league, uh, et cetera. We'll see. 
you know, whether or not I build trailer parks in a dog patch or try and build <laughs> apartment complexes. So well, I, I think it's going to be really interesting. And what uh, TM uh, brought up is just scratching the surface, right? So that's one example of now something that everyone knows they can use to incentivize players one way or the other, right? So it's like, okay, you can use property gifting to incentivize players to build on your side. You can also incentivize players to sabotage, right? And what is it going to cost to get someone to sabotage in any particular neighborhood? Who's the weak link, right? So th- there's a, so many different ways to think about this. And, and again, what I want to emphasize here is what TM brought up is just scratching the surface, right? That's one incentive mechanism. I think what we're going to see is there's going to be players that talk about these incentive mechanisms, draft them up, figure out what's going to work for who, and some of them will be public and discussed, and some of them will be private, right? TM could have also just kept that quiet and made it a part of uh, their personal strategy, right? But it, but it's, it's out there now and a part of the, the public lexicon of strategies, right? So I think that's going to be a really interesting divide, what gets shared publicly and what gets commented on, discussed, versus what players keep on the DL because, well, you know, it, it's going to be an all-out war at some point. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the, the grand prize here is significant um, and, and I guess for me I, I definitely want to make sure that players kind of understand this if you own property in one of these communities and the community wins and they get a boost to that neighborhood that is a that's a permanent boost to the neighborhood which means it's it's one of the it's the first neighborhood to get such a boost it is a strong indication that this is going to be a neighborhood that is likely to reach a collectible status at some point um and what that means to you as a property owner is dollar signs that is a multiplier go look at any sold out collection in upland it has a multiplier and some of them are significant so it would, you know, it makes sense if you own properties in a neighborhood to figure out, okay, well, who are you backing and who do you want to win and what are you, what are your strategic properties at? Um, because it, this is going to be a big deal. Even though it's a sandbox competition, the rewards are are very serious in my opinion. It's, it's a competition, of course, and the rewards, you're going to get a boost for your neighborhood. Come on now. Like, I, I mean... I'll be honest, uh, between, uh, I think it's going to be an interesting fight between wherever uh, the the Z Hidalgo, June June collab go, um, Nishiran, uh, Dog Patch. Honestly, like, I'll go as far as to say if you don't put Dog Patch in, there's going to be a riot anyway. <laughs> um, so, don't burn you know, your streets and throw poo. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be chaos because then Nishiran's going to troll pick some community and just build trailer, trailer after trailer. Twice the speed, <laughs> make a trailer park at Alamo Square because he can. Like, um, except he doesn't own. Does, does Nishiran own properties there? I don't now know. I gotta, see, now I got to go check. I got to go check the neighborhoods that I love to make sure psychopaths like Nishiran don't own properties there. And if they do, I got to buy them so he can't build trailers there. <laughs> Free. Oh my gosh. You're getting a little worked uh, up there, thank me later. This I I have not been this excited about something in Upland for a very long time. Like this is so cool. The concept of like the actual strategy on these numbers, like if you start breaking down, like it's not straightforward. Like your spud per hour, um, and then your score. Oh, that's the other thing. So it um uh, there was a question in the chat, and it was good. 
uh, the size of these properties? Because that's the other consideration. So um, can you speak to Because, like, I have some properties that are very oddly shaped. They have to go in the middle of the property, and presumably they have to, like, be – they have to fit in the property. And I think um, at one point they were talking about having like a one up X like buffer around it. So it, it has to, do we have the sizes on these? So like the apartment complex, does that have to be built on a large property? Like how big is the property and what, what kind of factor is that going to play? So, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I can't comment on the numbers yet, but that will be a factor. And, and yes, the, um, apartments will take up more space than the smaller properties. So, you know, it will be strategic to allocate larger properties uh, to those. And additionally, you know, if you build an apartment on a larger property, it's more difficult for a trailer to nullify it because there will be a further distance to the center of that property, which is how it's uh, the, the circumference is being measured. The, the, the radius of affect is being measured. But if you have a big property, no, be like super obvious. So like, I mean, I'm talking like when I put, when I'm placing a trailer somewhere, is there like a big red circle and it like highlights or will it like highlight the, the properties around it that it would nullify? Like it has to like, it says no indicator. It says it in the article. Yeah, that is accurate. There will, there will not be an indicator on the effective range. So you're going to have to like look at maps and, and try to figure out, um, if the trailer is going to be affecting properties that you're building. I'm, I'm like mixed on that. I, I have like, uh, understandable. Like that's, that's an interesting concept of like, you don't definitively know. Now, if you got a big property, can you put a bunch of trailers on it and have a trailer park and increase one the per. one per, you can yep. only build one per, but they're trailer parks. Got to have trailer know, parks. Right? right. Well, if you have a bunch of small properties, you could build a trailer park. TM is going nuts in Chad, by the way. He's like threatening. If you build a trailer in VV, um, now again, that's assuming VV might not get in. Honestly, that'd be kind of funny. Uh, I'm building yeah. trailers in VV. I own, I own a. No. Oh, do, you'll be uh, on the blacklist. You're going to be kicked out of all the private groups. You're not going to get invited to the stripper parties anymore. Mm-mm. And then you're, you're blacklisted. Not only that, if anybody sells to you, they get blacklisted. He's serious. Ooh, and he's within driving distance of my house too. So mm, that's true. And <laughs> <laughs> you know those Ohio people ain't right in the head. No, we're not right in the head at all. Mm-mm. Born and raised, I tell you, ain't, you ain't right in the head. <laughs> I might just do it for uh, fun. <laughs> Well, and the thing is, it's not anonymous, right? It's not like you can, like, anonymously build. It's be like, who? Oh, oh. no, I'm not saying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. All right. Uh, T. Davis, you got any questions about this wonderful neighborhood war? You've been pretty quiet there. Hey, hey, guys. Um, You know what? I don't. I was just listening and taking it all in. Um. I think maybe just the one thing that I'm not super clear on is the – so we've designated three champions, correct? And so at least seven left to be decided. Am, am I understanding that correctly? That's correct. 
and these seven you guys have already picked and have you assigned them neighborhoods to be champions of and they can either accept or decline that or so um that's not something we're going to clarify yet we'll clarify both the uh, champion selection and the neighborhood selection simultaneously and they'll they'll be tied together (laughs) okay because my guess is they're going to take the three and go which are your three neighborhoods you each want? Because let's say for some damn reason they all want Dog Patch or something. So, like, I don't know. How are you going to do that? Because there has to be some amount of staggered release on that of, like, what neighborhoods do you want? Because each neighborhood can only have one champion. And then you have to – you're obviously going to have to go through the list and get champions to accept. So, like, what's that process look like? Yeah, that, that's correct. And, um, you know, again, I, I hate to be boring on this one, but we can't release those details yet. We'll release the details on the selection process, you know, all simultaneously. Because, um, again, we, we also want to make sure we're kind of optimizing the, the fairness here, and it's as balanced as possible. So even though, you know, we have already decided on systems to make these selections, we want to uh, test a little bit and make sure, um, you know, again, that it's as fair as possible and we'll create really engaging uh, dynamic activities in these competitions. Yeah, that's fair. Because even just watching some of the other uh, neighborhood discussions, deciding who gets what amount of value in a neighborhood is it number of properties is it up squares is it you know dollars spent uh, there's no easy answer and uh, depending on how you cut that pie it can be significant like your your answers will vary significantly wow yeah. so all right. Any other questions I can address on uh, the Sandbox Wars? So what are you most looking forward to watching this all unfold? You get you get God mode, of course, for the game, don't you, where you can see everything going on. And so what are you oh, looking yeah. forward to watching? Yeah, I, this is by far, um, you know, amongst all activities, challenges, probably even more ex- exciting than, you know, being hired. Uh Watching the strategy play out here is going to be incredibly exciting. So the communications, how people develop their incentivization mechanisms, what they do publicly, are they distracting other players? Are they hurting other players' ability to build community and attract players? You know, it's just there's no limit to the amount of depth of strategy um, that can be playing out around these events. And uh, really, it, it starts now, right? It starts with the information being out there. And so from now, including this conversation on this podcast, up until, you know, the final uh, Sandbox event is over, um, watching that strategy unfold is going to be the most exciting thing about this job for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I got one last fun question for you. If you could be the neighborhood champion of any neighborhood in San Francisco, which neighborhood would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Um, Pacific Heights. Pacific Heights, you heard it guaranteed. Guaranteed Pacific <laughs> Heights go by. No, I'm just kidding. I, almost, it almost panic. Everyone's panic buying Pacific Heights right now. <laughs> that's a good thing. My feelings don't matter, right? I, yeah, I answered your yeah. question with pure feelings. That's just what came to me. It felt yeah, like that's, that's what but, uh, my go. feelings don't matter here. It's just uh, it'll, it'll come down to some math. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. We do thank you for coming on uh, today, Block Unchained, and providing the insights for, uh, I think, the most exciting thing I've been a part of in a while. So, 
Yeah, of course. Um, as always, you know, I, I love coming on here. I really thank uh, all of you for the opportunity to come on here and address questions. And, you know, um, especially a big shout out to everyone who in the UCN who gave us feedback before publishing the article. You know, it, it's tricky to get um, some of the messaging right to figure out, um, you know, all the information that needs to be involved here because it's, it's a balance, right? We can't publish a 12-page, 15-page document with every possible detail and every misinterpretation addressed and still have it be adjust, uh, uh, digestible by the community, right? So um, just, again, you know, the feedback that you guys give us on these articles and, and figuring out how to communicate the mechanisms, you know, that's always really helpful. And, um, you know, it, it does get other players involved and, uh, you know, allows them to better understand the gameplay. Yeah. Feel free to release a 15 page document on that though. Like (laughs) if you have that level of detail, there's a handful of players that would eat that up. I'm not saying I'd say do both. Like here's, here's the high level. And then here's the nitty gritty details. I feel like that happened on one of the events. I think it was the Easter event back in the day where it went, it gave like super specific times, tiebreaker scenarios, uh, different situations played out, like all the super nitty gritty stuff, because there are some people that would, that would get into it as detailed as you want to give that information. Um, but again, don't make that your forward facing, put it at a link at the bottom, like for super nitty gritty details, click here. We would eat that up. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, you know, to that point, um, you know, continue to ask questions. And if there are things that you think um, could be more, more clear or, you know, even some early stage strategies that we might want to comment on um, to get everyone on a better baseline, you know, and any feedback you guys have, you know, we'll, we'll think about how we can integrate that into our content. Yeah, I think, uh, and Brian Byron wants to know timeline. I think it said two weeks, we'll probably know more in the next week or two. Yeah, I, I would say in the next week or two, it's definitely going to be by um, mid December and we're, we're trying to have everything lined up. Uh, prior to that, uh, because again, I, I don't think we were live when we were talking about this, but um, we want to give players access to just playing around with the sandbox uh, at least 48 hours in advance of the competitions themselves, just so they can get a better understanding of the interfaces, how everything works, uh, building speed, and that'll help them kind of plan their strategy a little bit more uh, clearly and, uh, and succinctly as well. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So 48 hours, you get to build like crazy. The competition will start. Everything will restart. So at that point, like you'll have an idea of like what your spud can do. You can coordinate with your teams and say, okay, it looks like I can build this. Like, oh, yeah, it's, it's interesting since you can't use it to support other people. You're going to really depend on each player calculating their spud output and their property locations and abilities to, yeah, wow. It seems so simple, build a property, get some points, build a property, lose some points. It is, um, it's so much more than that. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I I really look forward to all the content that gets produced on this as well. Right. I think we're going to see a lot of blog posts and, and certainly commentary on this podcast as the strategies unfold and again, you know, I'm beating a dead horse here, but that's the part that excites me the most is just seeing the strategies unfold and then um, all the content that's going to exist around that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that this is going to generate a lot of content. I'm already, the wheels are already spinning. Might have to team up. TM, if you don't have, well, you do, you have like a, a, a private show and stuff too. But yeah, I have to team up with some of the champions. Oh, man. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, maybe we should do like a, a special edition podcast where if we know, so will the will we know the champions during the 48 hours? Like, will we know the champions ahead of time? Like, yeah, you'll, you'll know them ahead of time. Okay. Awesome. We'll Could, get them, try to line like, them all up. Get, we should get all the champions and do like how they, like we can do like announcements. Like we'll be like weighing in at, you know, 6,000 600,000 up X with 27 properties in little Italy. Here is blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, we'd do, Oh, that'd be so much fun. And then, uh, yeah, we'd have them all on and they can talk smack and strategy and try and, you know, put their pitch in for their neighborhood. I like it. All right, guys. Well, super stoked to see yeah, everything yeah. unfold. And, uh, Thanks. as always, if I can answer any questions, feel free to pee me on discord. Um, you all have a lovely night. Take care. All right. Yeah, Thanks, Blanc on Chain. Thanks again. All right. So you heard it here for if you are a champion, I hope you're ready for a road show um, because I'm sure. I mean, I think it'd be cool to do a special edition podcast. We get all the the um, champions we can talk some smack and pump up their community, and I'm sure each of the champions will have their own outlets. Yeah, well, definitely once the that's gonna be so cool. Once they have it set up, we'll look at everybody's schedule and uh, definitely get this set up and uh, do a special podcast with all the champions on it. Yeah, because I mean, Nishran, Nice, and June, 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 already there. Yeah, man, that's a that's a strong starting lineup. Yeah, what, where where do you think Nice is gonna pick? I guess it depends on what the 10 are. Yeah. Because you can't just pick any neighborhood. He's got stuff all over, too, so. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Oh, man, this is so cool. Yeah. There we go. We got the little Italy music coming in, so it's that time again. It's that time. Yes, live from New York in the little Italy neighborhood. It's T. Davis with the New York Minute. What's going on, T.? Hey, 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 guys. Wait, do we miss his music? Do we talk right over his music? We did. I think so. Yeah, you don't get any music. It's good, it's good. This week was all about San Francisco. What what can New York offer? We're going to have neighborhood competitions. What are you even doing in New York? Well, we are almost selling out the financial district there. After last week's episode, I said there were 13 left. And there was less than that before it, it ended, and now we're down to one, 95 South Street, um, 708K is the reason why that one remains. It's, it's I should have just bought that one instead of all the other ones, but still, I got a lot in the financial district. Yeah. I'm going to be golden. I'll be rich, bitch. It's a beauty too, man. It's right there. It's it's like a pier. It's not a pier, I guess, because it's not labeled that. And I would imagine that if it, piers end up being a collection, it's going to have to have that word in the name, sort of like with the streets or whatever. I, I obviously don't know that for a fact, but uh, uh, take- yes and no. I would. My only caveat to that is look at Twisted Lumbar. There are yeah. two properties that are on Twisted Lumbar that aren't actually on Lumbar Street just because of their. Um, location. So that's, I mean, it's a fair hypothesis, but I would imagine that they'll likely sneak in a couple properties. That'd be super cool if that ended up being one of them. Yeah, man. And so, uh, yeah, it's right there, uh, right there on the water. It's actually, am I wrong? Is there two 
No, one's locked. I apologize. So there's one that is unminted and another locked Pier 13 South Street. Uh, it's enormous Pier property. So anyway, I digress. Um, New York had a lot going on for Black Friday, I can say, from both experience and what I saw going on in um, – in the channels, there were some significant buys, um, namely the Google headquarters and Chelsea Market were both picked up by uh, my man MJC, scooped both of those properties up. Um, and there were several other significant purchases, namely we have a new resident of Little Italy, New York, in uh, Clevet 2, Spend uh, 110k to take advantage of the Black Friday bonus on um, on a nice sized property on Prince Street. And uh, let me get into the numbers here. So there's been no change in the top three, which I feel like that's going to be the case because they're. I mean, TM and Atomic Pop might flip flop here and there, but Atomic Pop would have to make a pretty aggressive move to do that. Uh, Dizzy actually bought more properties, which is awesome. He's at 2,738. So that's up 356 from the week before. Uh, TM actually shed a few. He's down to 330 and atomic pop is right behind him at 264. The top 10 rounds out with Sunstar, Hodler, Jigo player, Oliver, MG, Brett Gerber, Hard G, Gerber, and uh, EH0405. And Green Turtle right outside. I mean, he's only 14 out, and I'd love to see my man Green Turtle in the top 10. So if you're listening to this, Green Turtle, go buy 15 New York properties and make the top 10 next week. Wait, what's it it take to be top 10 right now? 162 is number 10. 162? Yes, sir. Hmm, interesting. Also, I don't know. Apparently, there's some beef. I need to get my – I'm going to get – you know, like TMZ? I'm going to get, like, the TML letters. I need to, like, a little, like, T-Town. Oh, I've been talking. The graphic. The doosh, 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 yeah. graphic. <laughs> because, man, like, I don't know what's going on. TM, you mentioned you mentioned Atomic Pop, and TM immediately was like, I ain't selling shit to Atomic Pop. Like, oh, <laughs> What is going on? Like, man, I love it. Drama. I gotta get, gotta get all the juicy, juicy gossip. Like it. Got your man. fun fact, T. Ooh, yeah, good? fun fact. What's a fun fact? Okay, so you know, for the fun fact that I am doing this week, it was actually shifted to a uh, an activity. Um, I was approached by by uh, Panamo in uh in dm this week and he had suggested that we do a just a survey or a what do you think the new york collections are going to be and i guess where that picked up steam from was the black friday event and the idea that if we hit 100 percent collections would be unlocked or, or revealed or whatever it is that they said i never believed that there were going to be new york collections i feel like some in the community did I, I didn't think I thought they were strictly talking about the Fresno collections that we're all aware of. But of course that just sparked some conversation. 
about collections. And so what I did is I put together just a, uh, a short survey. It's only five questions. They're open-ended, so you can put whatever you like into the text fields if you want to put profanity, I don't think it will filter it out, but I'm going to paste a, uh, a hyperlink into the community. Why would you mention that? Why would you like, <laughs> like you're just <laughs> game on. Like I was just going to put peers, but now I'm going to put mother effing peers. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like, what? Oh my gosh. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead and paste that into the community channels and I will keep track of it. So there, I, I wish I could do something like, hey, if anybody hits all five of them, I'll give out a, a prize, which I'll check back on it. But I don't want to commit to something that long that I have no idea when it will be able to to reconcile. Right. Like it could be months before we know all of the New York Ooh, collections. Yeah, but I kind of like that, though. So, so you guys want to? I mean, you can hold me to it. I well, will. No, because I will give out a gift. Well, if you collect it, we can put up. We can put it on a spreadsheet, and we'll put it up on UpX World. And yeah, there you go. So anybody who does it, like, if you get us the data, we'll just put it as a static page, and it'll be like, um, I don't know if anybody watches Mass Singer. My my lady gets me to watch Mass Singer, and they do that. Like your your first guess on who it is. It's like, all right, let's put it in the vault. And then, uh, yeah, anyone who gets five of five, um, well, I'll just do a prize pool of like a hundred thousand. Okay. Uh, and then so, it's split. If anybody gets five of five, we'll figure it out, and we can. Yeah. Other people can, you know. I don't know. Then we can do some betting on it too. We'd be like, oh, yeah, I, I think so and so's got it right. Or, All right. So hey, then know, we'll maybe maybe we'll do this. Then, do you want to leave it open ended, or do you want to do you want to give it a uh, static answers and maybe maybe 10 multiple choice so that way it's almost like a uh, a draft king tears too stupid to win will know what i'm talking about when i say that and and the probability of getting all five of them even if you're guessing is going to be unlikely yeah, do you I, want don't, to leave I don't know what half those edge. words you just said right, <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah i'm trying to think well, of like Let's uh, we'll we can, keep, we can keep your survey and then we'll figure yeah. it out. We'll get the Sweet. logistics worked out. And essentially until the first one's released, you know, we can have people submit and it'll just be like yeah. a running game of like, cool. what, what do you think the five, you know, here you pick one of each one in each category. Cool. Cool. cool <laughs> Excuse cool. me. But actually that's <laughs> one in each category might be a bit tough. Yeah, all right. So there. maybe it's just like five. Yeah, sorry, I like swallowed my uh, thing down the wrong thing, and it was, uh, it's so COVID free, COVID free, just saliva. Earlier, earlier, I, I believe it was today. Uh, there was a, sh- a short conversation about it, and so I, I actually went and googled it. So my fun fact is, there are eleven. No, no, not eleven. Sorry, seventy-seven police precincts in New York City, and so. I think that police stations would be a pretty cool, um, I don't yeah. know, pre- pretty high up there. I mean, NYPD, right? That they're pretty, pretty well known, and it might make sense that they went for Fresno fire stations because they already knew that they had 
New York, New police, York police. Right. Yeah, so. I like it. No, and I think. Uh, oh, now, now all my my gambling juices are flowing. <laughs> like, we'll start. You know, we'll get everyone to do their five. Can we make it generic so it's just five? Because having it like, is it going to be a limited or, a, you know, whatever? Like, I don't know what tier it's going to be. Like, that's kind of a pain. But uh, like, just five. What are your? What do you think are five? Um collections and then uh i think we could have uh yeah we'll start getting some odds we can start collecting bets on it yeah yeah mm. yeah get some bets yeah. more wax some- wax 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 get some wax <laughs> gotta get that wax <laughs> and, uh, and all right for our, so our for initiatives we are seeing pretty consistent uh, activity in the meatpacking district. So shout out to Maddie and the things that he's doing there. Uh, it looks like they got maybe two or three new property owners there um, over this last week, uh, like MJC, I believe, Ben 68, and uh, maybe Rose Tint all joined in this last week. If, if I'm forgetting anybody or missing anybody, I apologize. I believe that those are are some of the newer ones, Ben 68, Rose Tint. And um, that's about it. We are still getting ready to do our big Little Italy event. I don't want it to run. So I just found out today that Mars and Left House, and shout out to those guys. They're awesome. They're doing an event on the 18th, and I want to do something for – for Christmas for the Upland community as well, which speaking of which, maybe we should all think about doing something from the podcast as well. But um, from the little Italy team, I definitely want to make sure that the community isn't forgotten about come the Christmas time. And I want to give away a bunch. So I don't have any news to report on that quite yet. I think I'm going to coordinate with those guys and make sure that we're not bumping heads at all with them in their event. And I guess not too close to Christmas because we'll know that Upland is likely to be running their own events that week. So, yeah, if you are running a community event, be sure to hit myself up or hacker. We'll put it on. I've been slacking on updating it, but, we'll be updating uh, the calendar on UpX world with all the events as well. And uh, that'll be for even neighborhood events. So TM, um, if there's, I know you have some reoccurring things. If you wanted me to put something on the, on the global calendar um, to just say, Hey, there's uh, some VV events or whatever. uh, Let me know. um, So that way we can update it. So that way anyone can see kind of all the community events that are happening because yeah, I think during the holidays we'll have several that are overlapping. Yeah, we like we like to keep ours exclusive. So, yeah. oh, oh well, hoity toity. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could put exclusive VV event. Go buy properties, or you're not invited. And uh, yeah, speaking of VV, uh, I, this might not necessarily be related. Well, yeah, it is related. It's related to Sugar Hill. So they had their uh, meeting today, and I attended it as well. Uh, we all know that TM has a very strong presence in Little Italy, New York, and uh, there's definitely a very good rapport and relationship between himself and I. And uh, the meeting went well. We got to 
swap some properties around in VV and talk about some Kawa, Little Italy, and uh, Sugar Hill strategy in that. So I think TM is going to continue to have those on a regular cadence. So just be on the lookout for those um, meetup invites that he pastes into the channels. Yeah. And that's all I got for you guys. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, uh, T. Davis, for the New York Minute update. And one last thing before we get out of here tonight. Um, we do have our Upland Fantasy Football League. Uh, some exciting stuff coming to you from week number 12. Uh, the interesting thing there is we had two teams score over 170 points this week. Wild scoring this week in the football world. Uh, Z Hidalgo put a stomping on me, 131 to 82. Ooh, China came back from his uh, disappointing loss the other week to uh, beat up on Thank Me Later, 110 to 89. You're really falling off there. Yeah, I think I went 6 and 0, and now I'm 0 and 6. Well, you've lost three in a row. You, you got a three oh, game really? losing streak. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then. Uh, Sunstar came up with a win over Blakely's boss team, 124 to 75. Uh, Blakely is one of the two teams in the league that has not picked up any players this year, which is odd. Him and uh, Recurrier being the other one. Uh, and then. How did Recurrier do? Did we talk about that? Oh, uh, uh, we're getting there. Okay, yeah. We're, 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 <laughs> we're, we're, we're wow. getting there. <laughs> wow. Um. Oh, man, T. Davis, so Dude. close to getting a second win this week. So close. Man. He lost. On a Wednesday afternoon of all times to lose. Lost. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Lost to June, June, 103.32 to 107.80. So you lost by .52 points. Tell yeah. us how that went down for you and how that felt. I mean, they postponed the Steelers game, what, three or four times? And I only needed Eric Ebron to not score, what, like 8.4 points, something like that. I don't know. Whatever whatever I needed him to score, he scored 0.52 points more than that to hand me the loss, man. That's just irritating. It's the story of my fantasy season this year, though. That hurts. So... The top score in the league this week was by Sparkles, 179.5 points, and she put that smack down on Recurrier, 104.4. That's crazy. But you thought that was a bad beat down. Then you just got to scroll a little bit over to Dizzy Dog. He ended up putting up 174.8, which isn't bad, you know, not the top score in the league, but he beat up on Nishirin. Uh, who scored a whopping 81.9 points for a point differential of 92.9 points. So, And yet he's still in, like he had such a lead, he's still in first place. Yeah, he's still in first place. I have the point overall points league for the lead, but uh, Nietzsche and Choyna, Choyna skated up to second place there, and Blakely's boss team, they're all 8-4. and four. Myself, Z Hidalgo, and June June are 7-5. and five. Uh, thank me later. And Dizzy are six and six. Sparkles, Sunstar are at five and seven. Recurry at four and eight. And T. Davis bringing up the rear at one and eleven. How many more um, games are there? So this week is the last regular season game, and then this we is go the into last the regular season. Yeah, we or no, we got two more. I'm sorry, week thirteen. We 
in week 14, and then we'll be in playoffs in 15 and 16. Who am I playing? Recurrier? Okay, that's an easy win. <laughs> All right. Good. So, so I need to win because I'm like, there's still a small chance because I have such a high points. I think there's still a small chance I can top four. You could. Like, I need, I need some things to happen, but there's still a chance I top four. Yeah. And this week, uh, so you're playing Recurrier. Good chance of making it to seven and six this week. Now you have June. Will June. Ferrell? I just heard Will Ferrell got suspended. Will Fuller. I didn't even know he was a football player. I thought he was a comedian. <laughs> Will Fuller, wide receiver for the Texans. <laughs> oh, is he in the uh, that reboot, Fuller House? <laughs> <laughs> no. You're going to crash cars again this week. oh my god that was so bad oh Uh, anyway now you do have a good shot because june june and z hidalgo are both seven and five in fifth and sixth place right ahead of you and they're playing each other this week playing each other so one of them has to lose yeah and i still gotta win and if i beat choina he goes to seven and five himself so Mm. Or, I no, mean, eight he'll go, eight, he'll eight, go eight, eight and five. five. He'll go to eight and five. That's correct. Uh, Sparkles and Sunstar square off. Dizzy and Blakely's boss team. And T. Davis is taking on Nietzscheren. So, good luck there, T. Davis. Yeah, man. Yeah. What am I? I haven't set my lineup yet, so that projection is inaccurate. Ah, so. Okay. Mm. So, after he sets it, it should be at like 80. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about i don't and i'm still doing better than you <laughs> yeah, good stuff oh yeah good stuff so that will be wrapping up it's always enjoyable good luck next week and we'll see how that goes um t davis any plugs before we get out of here today uh, just thanks to Mix and Daily Uplander for the data again this week. And uh, shout out to everybody who made some epics in this Black Friday event. Um, it was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, we TML, really didn't talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. TML, what, you sold your airport, I think, right? I, I don't know I that we we'll want to start this conversation because it'll probably not stop for another 20 minutes. But uh yeah, man, it was just to every to all the winners of the Black Friday event. Just shout out to all of them, everybody who helped me uh, place in the, the two events that I placed. Thank you so much. You guys know who you are. Yeah, it was interesting. I'm, I got, I got a Kitty Island property. That was probably my best, I think. And yeah, I wanted to win. I mean, because it ended up being a couple hundred thousand um, a bonus upex for winning it. So it was just like, eh, I sold my, sold my airport to get liquid. And then I won the one, the, the one flash contest, which I bought like a hundred properties in whatever that neighborhood was to win the kitty Island. So you sold your one kitty Island for 500 us dollars on the fiat out program. And then you picked up another kitty Island program. Yeah. And I'm probably going to sell it for 500 out of the fiat out project. <laughs> Because, uh, I mean, the thing was, I mean, I didn't, I mean, I, uh, I didn't put much more UPEX. So I just used my interest really, um, to win that contest. So I don't know. I'm surprised it didn't go for more rich people problems. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
white privilege? Whoa. <laughs> you don't know. I could be black. This is a podcast. That is true. Or you could identify. First world problems. There we go. That That's more politically uh, correct. First world problems. I'm racially fluid. There we go. I like it. All right, we need to we need to wrap this up. It's about to we're all it's about to not be PG thirteen. It's about to go downhill quick, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Gonna, this uh, is not make <laughs> make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Leave a comment if you can. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Hit us up on DMs if you want to get on the show. Uh, we you can jump in every week and hear this before it's even posted. You get to hear the pre and the post show. It's always a fun time. You get it gives you a different perspective on the show. Thank you to dailyuplander.com for the data that's provided and the challenges out there to dailyuplander.com and UpEx World to get us uh, properties broke down by cities now. And we'll see who gets that to us next week. And uh, good luck there, ladies and gentlemen. And we'll talk to you next week. It's the Opix Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock it iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opix, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping. Over to moving and shocking. I'm Scrooge McDuckin' in Opix.